0: free shipping make sure you have your kinky safe sex needs satisfied by visiting adam welcome to hush the podcast guaranteed to give you a load of fun and with that being said let's slide into the episode so excited i'm excited to get back into podcasting it's been a while so i want to apologize to my audience my name is kim with the hush podcast and i'm very excited to bring you my guest Cy smash Um, a little bit of background let's jump right into it can you tell us who you are
1: Alright, well, I go by Sci Smash. I'm a 27-year-old sex blogger and sex toy reviewer based in Detroit, Michigan. I've reviewed over 300 sex toys on my blog, SupersmashCash.com. That's cash spelled with a C-A-C-H-E. And I specialize in reviewing big toys, talking about big insertions, fisting, and cervical orgasms.
0: So before you journeyed into being a sex toy reviewer um, and this part of the industry... What was the first sex toy that you ever used?
1: It was a really cheap glass dildo that I got online from a website that's similar to aliexpress.com. Like, I had it shipped overseas from China. So yeah, it was this cheap glass dildo with uh, fake veins all over it, and I was able to orgasm from it, albeit at the time I wasn't usually orgasming from penetration alone, except one particular time I was watching this really stimulating porn video that just really did it for me, and that was when I discovered cervical orgasms from going really deep with it. And I didn't discover that sensation again for another four years after that, but I did rediscover it and start to cultivate it over time.
0: After the first time of using a sex toy, did the usage become frequent for you?
1: After that, yeah. That particular time, I was quite young, but then I just kind of wasn't thinking about sex for a while, and then once college started and I was starting to discover my body a bit more, I started to collect sex toys because I had discovered the blog Hey Epiphora where she reviewed sex toys with brutal honesty, and based on that, I just wanted to take my experiences to the next level.
0: When did you decide to explore the path as a sex toy reviewer?
1: there were many things that had added up over time. So I had been, for example, in high school writing essays about the founding father's sex lives. And I had a porn reblob Tumblr like a lot of people my age at the time did. And in early college, I was somewhat participating in hookup culture, but I had internalized some shame because it's easy to think that everyone else is there was something wrong with me, that I wasn't enjoying those experiences. Of course, now I know better and I can communicate with my partners. But at the time, I just wanted to learn how to be more present in my body and just reach orgasm more easily.
0: And building off of that, what stereotypes have you faced?
1: I think a lot of times... People, especially on tinder because it's kind of associated with being a hookup app people think that oh you review sex toys so you're a freak and you must be down to fucking do all these things and I have written kind of a rebuttal to all of this where it's just there's so many different ways to be a sex blogger and there are so many facets of this experience so kind of like writing a blog about food or a blog about love just there's so many ways to have a very human sexual experience and some sex bloggers are asexual some are monogamous some aren't some are kinky and so on There are just so many different combinations of ways to be and they're all valid and I think uh, sex bloggers all deserve that kind of representation that being said another misconception that I see a lot is just some combination of like oh you're so quiet you're so reserved or you know you were a lot more reserved growing up and I just wasn't expecting this of you. Or they think of a sex blogger as someone who is really extroverted and goes to lots of parties and is having orgies all the time. And I'm like, no, a lot of times writers in general, not just sex bloggers, but writers are very introverted and they gravitate towards writing because there's a lot going on in their minds. And it's kind of their way of getting their feelings out and meditating. At least that's what it is to me. It's kind of this exhibitionism in
0: private. I I can totally relate, though. I have a journalism background. I have a degree, a bachelor's degree in journalism. And the same thing as well. Um, A lot of people think just because I host this podcast that I'm out at, like, swinger parties because I spoke to swingers or out, like, having sex, like, porn stars that I've interviewed. So I, I totally get where you're coming from. I can totally relate to that. I'm actually very yeah. shy myself. I'm an introvert. I just like to go out and share people's stories when they're comfortable with it and provide that platform. Just as you use like your your blogging um, as your platform, I kind of gravitated toward the podcast as mine. Um, so I, I totally relate to you in, in the in all of those aspects, honestly, <laughs> about stereotypes. Yeah, I
1: get it. I'm glad you get it because, yeah, like, I'm an introvert too, and a lot of blogging is just staring at the computer screen. Like I don't want to oversimplify that much, but a lot of it is time spent alone. And I think that might also, well, what you were saying might also be a misconception of introverts, where just because we are recharged by spending time alone doesn't mean that we don't like talking to people. If anything, Mm -hmm. I think that introverts tend to be a bit more contemplative and more okay with talking one-on-one on a deeper level, whereas extroverts are a bit more diffuse in their energy. It's not like a one-to-one black and white thing, but that's just a general trend that I've noticed.
0: I, I can agree with that and I relate to that. Um, going back to the misconceptions, how do you continue to remain sex positive?
1: I try to remind myself of the vision I have and the world that I'm trying to create. So yeah, I'm gonna be honest, I deal with a lot of sexual shame too, but I think of the past version of myself and just how important this journey was to me, knowing that other people deserve pleasure too. And some of the struggles that I might deal with, other people in more conservative areas or living in more restrictive households, they just deal with it so much worse than I do. And even if someone might not get it at first, I try to consider that I'm at least planting the seeds for some people and that might start a revolution for them on the individual level.
0: I see that, I see that. What words of advice do you have for anybody wanting to become a sex toy reviewer?
1: I would say that first and foremost, don't expect to make money off of it right away. You're not going to become a billionaire and especially in the beginning, you are more focused on finding your voice and building relationships with the shops that you're getting review samples from. So you might have to review some cheaper stuff in the beginning before they can trust that you're not going to just run away with free stuff, right? And then once you're a bit more established, um, I would say to set your boundaries according to what feels right to you and knowing that your time is valuable because I get that in the beginning of a business, you might be excited just to make any money off of the hustle, but over time, that is a great recipe for resentment if lots of people are seeking out your time and attention and labor, but there's only so much of you to go around. So don't be afraid to raise your rates if you feel that is the right thing for you.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Let's get into a little bit of sex talk. So I told you people have misconceptions about me, especially on dating apps Um, When you're trying to so a little background. I used to host this with my ex now. I'm single We have two kids. So I'm a divorced single mom of two. So I decided to gravitate Toward dating apps and in the society that we live in, you know, and um And the bio I can never find anything interesting to put so I usually put that I host a podcast I don't mention what the podcast is about unless they really want to uh, dive deeper into getting to know me on that level Um, But when they do, and people know that I host it, they assume that I'm able to um, achieve these sexual feats, I guess. And one of the things that I talk about is that I have trouble um, having multiple orgasms myself, despite how sexually open I am on my podcast, that's still not something that I'm able to, um, to achieve every single time. And so I wanted to know, are you able to achieve multiple orgasms?
1: Yes, I can achieve multiple orgasms very easily. That was something I had to cultivate over time with meditation and different techniques with toys. That being said, ultimately the bottom line is the best sex is whatever sex you're having that makes you and your partners feel good. So I think if someone's mono-orgasmic, my main piece of advice to them is fucking own it. I know that's a lot easier said than done, but just there's so many ways to have fun with that and edge and maybe um, have like a ritual or like some activity to do afterwards to wind down.
0: I see that. I see that. That's kind of what I've been doing. There are sometimes it depends on the partner, honestly. And, and I feel like one of the things that I've shared on here is that sex is just mental as it is physical. So if I'm not mentally or emotionally, even emotionally for me at times, like into it. For me, it just kills the mood, so I, I have those moments where I have achieved multiple orgasms just can't do it all the time, but lately, that's what I've been doing. I've honestly been owning it with partners and um, I don't want to keep the focus on me. I just wanted to, to know what what words of advice you had on that. Um, yes. Switching well, back and to- and I
1: love that for you because I think um, too often people have, well, at least on dating apps, people have this assumption, or I don't know if assumption is the right word but they go into it with the mindset of like oh, like you're a sex vlogger, you're a sex podcaster, Mm -hmm. that's so hot and it's like, my sexuality doesn't exist for you so how do I go about that is I do talk about sex stuff very quickly in my Tinder bio but I say that I'm a pillow princess so anyone who cares enough will look that up and you know, if they don't want to look it up and they want to hear it directly from me they will ask and I will outright tell them that means that the experience and the pleasure revolves around me and if you if that's what you like and you have pleasure as a result of that then we're a good fit otherwise I don't want to waste your time
0: I love that (laughs) let them know right off the bat (laughs) I really do like that um getting back onto toys what toys would you recommend for people focused on vaginal penetration
1: would say go for toys with a defined head and some extent of firmness and a slight shallow curve because those will be the ones where you can aim the tip at a wider range of erogenous zones so one of them would be and I know this is such a generic name but sometimes the really generic toy or the ones with generic names are the ones that have the lowest marketing budget and the toy that I'm thinking of is the Cloud9 G-Spot Slim 7-Inch Vibrator. Sounds like a mouthful, but it costs about $35. It has a somewhat flexible shaft so that it can accommodate like more body types than, for example, a rigid glass dildo, but it has a decent range of vibrations. It One end uh, is relatively straight shafted, the other has a bulbous head and the neck is a bit curved, so it's great for experimenting and aiming it at your G spot or A spot and seeing what works for you, going at different depths and angles into the vaginal canal. So that's one I recommend a lot to beginners who might not know what they like and who might not be invested into buying a high-quality toy, or how do I say this, Um, who might not be invested into buying a luxury toy because you don't want to spend 120 dollars on a toy that you don't know you're going to like so 35 dollars it's if you like it you like it and if you don't it's not that much skin off your back and you can try something else that you do like
0: due to all the nerve endings in the clit and it being a sensitive area are there any toys you would suggest for women focused on clitoral stimulation
1: I do want to preface that by saying that most of the clit is internal, so a lot of the strongest orgasms are going to come from internal and external stimulation at the same time. So, yeah, the G-spot toy is great for internal clitoral stimulation and for external clitoral stimulation. There's such a wide range of different um, focuses of vibration. Some of them are a bit more pinpointed, some of them are broader. So... I think if you're going for external stimulation alone, the Magic Wand Plus is a nice middle ground when it comes to price and quality because you get the deep rumbly vibrations of the Magic Wand rechargeable, but it doesn't cost that much more than the original. As for bullets, one of the ones I would really recommend would be the Weva Tango because it just has such a nice quality to size ratio where it's really really tiny but it packs a punch, so if you want to combine that with with internal stimulation, then a small toy on the outside isn't going to take up that much space and it's not going to block anything that's being inserted.
0: Very cool. Um, how would you suggest diving into anal toys and exploration?
1: I would start by saying that a lot of places will have a kit with gradual sizing of butt plugs, so you can go from... so that you can go from small medium to large and butt plugs are nice for wearing for a longer time to just get your body used to it if you are looking for a set of dildos to ramp up in size I would also suggest dilators even though they're marketed for vaginal use I think that anal use is a really underrated way to incorporate them into play because you get so many different sizes in one bundle for a relatively low price
0: and switching it up a little bit, are there any toys you've been able to try with a partner and give a review on?
1: One of my favorite toys that I've had a partner review was this sex doll. So it was just the torso, and because I was trying to not get censored on Instagram, I euphemized it spicy half doll, and people were just losing it at that description. But I distinctly <laughs> remember unboxing it and just... Like, I opened it really quickly, I slammed the top of the box closed, and I kind of looked away, and my partner was like, is that the... And I said, yeah. And he said, (laughs) okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. And we just sat there in silence for a few minutes, and he was like, okay, good talk. That being said, um, so like I said, it was this torso of a sex doll. So, um, you know, just the chest, waist, and hips, the arms and legs were kind of cut off and so we didn't know what it was going to be like to use it he thought that it was going to be a bit weird because oh it's this disembodied thing but ultimately like the human eye like focuses on such a small area at once so he was able to take his eyes away from the edges and so it didn't feel as weird as he thought it was going to be and he actually ended up liking it a lot And also, even if it does bother someone on a sensory level that uh, the arms and legs are chopped off on this doll, you could still cover up those areas with a blanket or a pillow or something, and it's not that big of a deal. Oh, I will say, with that doll, when I posted a picture of it, I guess someone thought that it was me, nude at first, and he was like, oh, did SciStar and OnlyFans? What's happening here? (laughs) And another toy that I reviewed testing it with a partner was the clona willy kit so it comes with some alginate to make a mold of a penis or a banana or whatever you want to make a copy of and then you pour some silicone into the indent leftover and you get a cast that is a silicone copy of whatever you want and so that was a lot of fun albeit like it, it took a lot longer than i expected i was very transparent about all the things that could go wrong with the process, because this kit comes in a tube, and you can start making the mold in it, but uh, Homeboy's got a earthquake, so there wasn't a lot of room left for him, and then he, you know, pulled his penis out of the tube, and the wall of the alginate mold started caving in, so we had to start over with a bigger (laughs) water bottle, and it was, it was quite an adventure,
0: it almost reminds me of uh, neighbors. <laughs> I always think of that when I think of the clone of Willy. <laughs> that's really cool, though. That's awesome that he was open open to wanting to try that with you. Those are those seem like awesome experiences. I like how, uh, you know, just to touch on that, if you're okay, have you come across open-minded individuals um, that are willing to easily try this? Or have there been any, any men or, um, that say no? Mm, that's not for me
1: kinds of men who would be really intimidated by my job would kind of filter themselves out pretty early on because there are some people who are very, um, like, oh, so she reviews sex toys. I can't measure up to that. Whereas there are some people who just go in with the mindset of, well, it's an inanimate object, so it's not something that I'm meant to compete against and toys are my comrades instead of my competition. So it just comes down to attracting the right people for you. I will say that if a man feels insecure in the presence of sex toys, I think that deserves some compassion. But it's also not something that I necessarily have to engage with. It just comes down to what works for you.
0: Awesome. Um, Are there any toys that you wouldn't try?
1: Toys that I wouldn't try? Well, just as a general rule, I don't review jelly insertables. And that goes back to when I discovered body. Er, that goes back to when I discovered that some sex toys were not body safe. So I remember asking myself, "What the heck is jelly?" And I looked it up, and that was how I discovered the likes of Dangerous Lily and Hey because they were kind of on the cutting edge of sex toy reviewing at at the time. So they were reviewing only body safe toys. So jelly, it basically starts with this hard plastic, and they add a bunch of plastic softener is to make it squishy into a dildo form, but the problem is that these chemicals can leach out into the body, the material can melt, and that can cause all sorts of gynecological issues, so just as a general rule, I won't review, well, I mean, it's not a general rule. As a hard and fast rule, I will not review insertable toys made of jelly. Um, this isn't this slightly veers off the topic of toys, but other products I usually won't review include arousal gels, not because they're all bad, but because, you know, if if something is meant to boost your libido and arousal, it is hard for me to pinpoint whether it's that product or if I'm just really horny in that moment, and you would have to use it over and over again at different times to verify, like, okay, this is an effect of a product, and, it generally doesn't end up being worth the money for me, so I don't bother with that.
0: There are there any personal favorite toys that you have?
1: My personal favorite is the Enjoy 11. As the name would suggest, it is 11 inches long and it's basically a stainless steel bludgeon. I love showing it to people and telling them, yeah, I could kill someone with this if I really wanted to. <laughs> but what I love about it uh, in terms of vaginal use is that it's just so nicely shaped. For kind of tessellating against the pubic bone and the g-spine pressing up against that it's also nicely broad so that you can stimulate the a-spot and the g-spot at the same time in one thrust and it's just like really thoughtfully designed you can explore so many different erogenous zones with it
0: are there any toys that you use that didn't bring you to an orgasm
1: the worst toy I've ever tried was the Emojibator Chicky. I used that back in 2019, and it's this clitoral suction toy that's shaped like the chick emoji, but with a huge butt. And so you take the head off of it to expose the suction nozzle, and that is what you push up against your clit. And ultimately, I just don't think that there was enough room inside the nozzle to fit all of my junk, and the suction was... It was useless, and at worst it hurt. Because, like I said, there just wasn't enough room for my junk. And the vibrations were really weak. It kind of... They kind of got lost in the toy. And that's a big problem I've noticed with um, kind of like the novelty. Just there are some toys where the vibrations, the motor is very weak to begin with. And then you try to disperse that over too broad of a surface and it kind of gets lost. So that applies to the Emojibator Chicky. That also applies to the Bird Obi, which coincidentally... That is also a bird-shaped clitoral suction toy. But the problem with that one is also that, again, the nozzle is too short, and so sometimes the pulsing membrane inside of it will will kind of bump up against the user's clitoris, and it has bruised some people and a fellow sex reviewer. And unfortunately, when this other reviewer and I mentioned it, we were blocked by the makers of the product on Instagram.
0: Oh my goodness. What happens in those cases? You just, that's it? You don't, I guess, do you refuse to try any more products from them?
1: Pretty much, but I don't think that's an issue of, mostly not on my end to decide after that point, because it's more that they just don't want to work with me anymore. That being said, the company that made the Emojibator chickie they reached out to me maybe a year, two years later, saying, like, will you take down your very bad review if we send you a new updated version of the product, which I still said no to because, at least to me, it seems that they blatantly weren't considering what I actually said was wrong with the product, but, yeah, if I trash a product, which I usually don't do, but if I do it comes down to the company just doesn't want to work with me and that's fine because there are so many companies that make better products and I can just focus on them.
0: Um, We focus a lot about orgasms. What about edging? Are you into edging at all?
1: I'm not into edging, but that's just because I'm very multi-orgasmic. So like once I get the ball rolling, I can just have another one and another one and and another one after that. And there's just no incentive for me to slowly ramp it up That being said, edging and teasing a partner is a lot of fun.
0: I was gonna ask too is there any toys that that you think would be great for edging even though it's not really your your preference?
1: I don't have a solid answer to this just there are some toys that bring me to orgasm a lot faster than others although um, like personally for me the difference between my mono orgasmic and multi orgasmic sessions is more. What kind of vibrations am I using and what kind of porn am I watching or like, what am I fantasizing about? Because there are certain activities and fantasies where just I'm one and done and that's fine. Yeah, I think that's more a state of mind thing to me than about any particular toy.
0: After using sex toys and having fun with them, we got to go into cleaning them. Um, what have you learned about the cleaning process with sex toys?
1: Personally, I just use unscented Dr. Bronner's soap to clean it between sessions, and every once in a while I'll either boil it if it doesn't have motor inside of it, or if it's a vibrator, I'll kind of spritz it down with like this 10% bleach solution, and then wash it thoroughly with soap and water afterwards, and it's done. I know that some people will really push for toy cleaner, and that might be more important to you if your vaginal microbiome is really sensitive and you don't want like any risk of soap residue at all but I do think that for a lot of people, toy cleaner isn't necessary. It just comes down to what works for you.
0: Looking into the future, do you see yourself being a sex reviewer for a long time?
1: I do see myself being a sex toy reviewer for a long time, but I'm probably going to branch out from that and write a lot more personal narrative stories and blog posts and possibly work on a book. After trying a lot of sex toys, there aren't as many that stand out from the crowd and I might focus on just a few of them. I will review sex toys for a long time, but I might not cover the same breadth as I used to.
0: Um, getting into your reviews, how do you manage to keep your reviews unique?
1: I pretty much plan my writing schedule around whatever excites me. So if I'm really inspired to write about something. If I have something to say about it, then that's the thing I'm going to be working on. And if there's something where I'm just like, eh, product description, it's okay. It's fine, whatever. I take a bit longer for that to simmer.
0: I want to go ahead into getting into how people can reach you. How can people get in contact with you?
1: You can find my website at supersmashcash.com. That's C-A-C-H-E for cash. And there's a link to the contact form under the about tab in the navigation menu you can email me at supersmashcash at gmail.com or you can follow me on instagram and twitter at supersmashcash that's the handle for both of them
0: awesome i want to thank you for taking the time to come out on my podcast um it's been awesome talking to you I feel like I I gained a lot of knowledge from these toys. They're mentally here. I wrote down Enjoy 11. I'm like, hmm, I like this. (laughs) So I'm going to take a look at some of these.
1: (laughs) Thanks for having me. I will add a disclaimer that the Enjoy 11 is very expensive. It's not for everyone. But if you're just like, hell yeah, having a toy that's really heavy that provides a lot of momentum and pressure, like, just... If you are the target audience for the Enjoy 11 upon seeing it, you will know. At least I think so.
0: Very awesome. I'm going to do some research myself on some of this. Um, again, thank you for the time you've taken. Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Hush Podcast. Make sure to find us on Podbean, Red Dragons Radio, Google Play Music, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn. SoundCloud, thehushpodcast.com, our Facebook, our Instagram, and our Twitter page.